0: And now, your host, self made millionaire, national award winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Dell Wamsley.
1: Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Dell Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today, my friends, is Tell Dell Tuesday. That's where we bring on someone who has done this stuff that you're thinking about doing, or trying anyway, and uh, hopefully they can share their story and make it more believable to you you know the bottom line is that that there's a whole bunch of different kinds of people out there until you hear someone that sounds like you and acts like you and has the same story as you you probably don't believe all this stuff is true so it's our chance to give you an opportunity to hear someone that has a different story than i do with us today is a great investor brian sutton has over 2199 units i guess it's at that exact number and uh He's been doing this for a while, but he's done it very well. And little disclaimer here, I'm in one of his deals, not all of his deals, but just one of them, and he's done very well with what I've been in. So we want to hear all about his stories. So Brian, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you so much, Dell. It's so fun and such an honor to be on the radio with you.
1: Well, we've got a lot to cover today because your story is rather unique. And I'm trying to figure out which way I want to go. I think I'm going to leave the real estate to later in the show. Let's start out about you yourself. I mean, first of all, how many different cities have you lived in?
2: Just out of
1: curiosity.
2: <laughs> you know, I've I think about six. So I grew up in Hawaii. Most people listening to the radio will think what everybody else and, and you thought when you first met me is that what is this crazy kid doing moving himself from paradise all the way to Georgia but there was a plan and there was a there was a you know there's a background behind it so grew up in Hawaii I've lived and worked in on, on the west coast traveled all over the United States but I'm here presently in Atlanta Georgia
1: so what did make you decide to leave Hawaii that's quite unusual usually people trying to get there let alone trying to come back
2: Exactly. Yeah, it's a great it's a great place to vacation. We actually still have my wife and I are are originally from there, like I said, and we have family there. So I honestly think it's probably the most beautiful place in the world, but it's difficult to live there. And I think if some of your listeners are you know, I know for me, I started listening to you on the radio out there when we lived in Hawaii. So if you know, you're listening and you're from Hawaii or from the West Coast, I think you can relate to our story in the sense that we were working my wife and I were working nine-to-five jobs. We actually were both working very high-paying jobs, but we were – we had actually a lot of real estate, but we were house poor. Our house is worth a ton of money. We had a ton of debt equity in our house, just like a lot of, of individuals out there in the, you know, left coast and and the, and the right coast where property values are just so high. And even though you're making a great salary, you feel like you're just scraping to get by. And we were stuck in that same rut, and so that really was the precipice to move our family, uh, myself, and my wife and the two boys out here to Atlanta, Georgia, to give us, you know, some more financial freedom. It was to try to flip our financial situation completely on its side, and that was really spearheaded by LU and our lifestyle mentors by you, and what we teach and what we, you know, what you teach and what we learn through lifestyles was really the spark that had, you know, that caused us to just say, Hey, we're in a lot of pain. Both of us don't see our kids. We're working just aren't like dogs. There has to be a better lifestyle. There has to be a better way. And so with the help of lifestyles and the mentors, we were able to, you know, turn it all around in, in a very short amount of time. So I'm hope I'm hoping our story, I mean, I, I don't feel unique. I feel like we are just average people to be honest with you, but I hope that, you know, our story can motivate and help some people that may be, Maybe in the same situation that we were, which is, you know, working like a dog, working for the man. You know, you got a lot. You got a nice house. It's expensive, but it's not doing anything for you. It's not making you any money. So lifestyles was was that that catalyst for to just really change our whole world around.
1: What was your background in, Brian? What what kind of work did you do?
2: I was in sales, so I did I did a lot of um, medical device sales. So great industry, by the way. I, I mean, you you make a really you know good living, but you work. And I, tra- I was traveling all the time, late night, you know, traveling to see customers, traveling for sales meetings. So I didn't have a lot of time, a lot of quality time with my, my kids and my wife. It was it was a constant hamster wheel. You know, when you're in that sales environment, anybody out there who's in that sales environment right now knows what I'm talking about. They, You, you, you kill it one year, you hit your quota, you kill it one year, and the next year, that quota gets raised. And then the next year, it gets raised again. So They're constantly kind of raising that bar so you feel like you're on this hamster wheel, just constantly grinding, constantly just working your butt off. And, you know, I got to a point where you're making six figures, but every year that that same salary is so hard to get because the volume of sales that you have to hit just to increase it to get the same amount of pay continues to go up. And that that bar continues to get raised. And it's just frustrating and and, it's just exhausting.
1: I think a lot of people can relate to that, Brian. There's no doubt. Um, it's something that we all of us that have been on commission sales know that's like. And then you add to it the fact that you constantly raise your commission, or maybe they just take your territory away from you. Once you got it all set up, then they just take it somewhere else. Let's talk about what. There's two parts I want to get to this, and I don't know how to. I'm going to let you just sort of chop away at it the way you would like. But the bottom line is, first thing, what was it that just hit you, that stimulated you? What thought process said, "Bam, we got to do this thing. We got to." we got to change the way we're living. And then second part to that is what kind of a plan did you put together? Did you go home and talk with the wife? We're going to change everything. Let's write it down on a piece of paper. Let's figure it out. Or did you just start taking action?
2: Great questions. I'll try to, I try my best to answer both of them. I am a very methodical person. So for, for those of you out there listening, you know, I get the fact, I mean, you know, you can listen to Dell on the radio. You can maybe do a little bit of research on LU and, and like Dell was saying in the beginning of the show, it's, You think, oh, well, there's just, there's no way I could do that. You think of all the things, why not to do it? And I'm the same way, but by nature. And so it took me a very long time. I was already doing real estate. So I had that. Um, My dad turned me on to real estate when I was very young. I used to help him fix up his rental property in high school. And he got me investing in real estate on my own straight out of college. So I've been investing since I was 22 years old. I've been doing okay. But I got to a certain point where I knew I had a couple fourplexes and duplexes. And I knew that I needed somebody to teach me how to do apartment complexes. That's how I ran into Lifestyle. And I probably did about a year's worth of research, calling, looking at better business bureaus, calling my fellow salespeople that I knew in Texas, and doing a bunch of research, and listening to the radio, listening to Udell on the radio. And finally, I made that decision because I think it just got when i started to see that hey this actually this group actually really could take me to the next level there's enough why because we were feeling pain from our own family life right? we knew that there's there's a better way to have a better life and structure our life it's so frustrating when you're making a lot of money but you don't feel like you're getting a good quality of life i think what's great about this group is that it really is it's about your living it's about your quality of life it's not about how much money you make there was a point in 2015 we said, look, we're going we're gonna to invest in this, even though we were living in Hawaii still. We're going to invest, we're going to make the investment. And once we did, we jumped right on board. We got involved with our mentors. We just immersed ourselves in all the digital learning that you have. And I think it was so great of value to build that online platform, especially now looking at onset now that COVID hit last year. You know, we actually came on, we weren't in some of the Texas markets where you could go and physically be in a class. We were all the way out in Hawaii, so we did everything digitally, and the, the digital classes are just phenomenal. I, mean, we, I Having been in real estate since I was, I think, 22, and I think I joined Lifestyles when I was 36, I learned more in that first couple months than I did from that time period when I was 22 to 36. All right,
1: well, we're going to have to classes. take a break right now. Brian, we got to take a break. They're kicking us out the back end here. We'll be right back with Brian Sutton and Del Wamsley Radio Show.
2: Welcome back. Now,
0: here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Dell Wamsley.
1: do Del Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today is Brian Sutton out of Atlanta, Georgia. Actually, it's not Atlanta. It's Decatur, Georgia. Okay, I've just always associated everything in Georgia with Atlanta just because it's where we uh, spent the time trying to start up there in Atlanta, I guess. But uh, the bottom line is... We've got a guy here, guys that we have twenty one hundred and ninety nine units and Brian, the question I have for you is you've got eleven hundred units that you're a lead in and another thousand plus units that you're in a passive in. Did you start as a passive or start as a lead?
2: I started as a passive I um wanted to see how the great leads uh, in in the lifestyle community worked, so that was part of part of the process. So I got involved with um, some of the great award-winning leads in, in the group and started investing that way.
1: So you were modeling success then, right?
2: 100%. 100%. I, I, I think I alluded to this before, but I feel very average, still. You want to hear about all my shortcomings, just talk to my wife. I'll bring her on the show one day. But, um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I feel like any if I could do this, that anybody honestly out there listening can do this. I can do two things. I work very hard, and I know how to become friends with the right people. And, and I think, you know, in LU, it's such a unique group because you can read all these self-help books that say, oh, well, you know, hang, if you want to be a millionaire, hang out with millionaires. Well, look, I mean, the average, I didn't know any millionaires before. I may even know one or two. Maybe just happened to get lucky and became a millionaire because their stock portfolio, over investing fifty years, finally re- reached a million bucks. But I didn't know any millionaires until I got involved with LU. And you see, you go to these meetings and you and you talk and you network and you see all these lead investors and also other passive investors that have just made millions of dollars. And you follow their lead. And so someone as average as I, just with a little hard work, you know, work ethic and position yourself to, you know, learn and humble yourself and and realize that maybe the way that I think I was doing things isn't the best way and that if I model myself, like you said, after these successful people, I can be successful too. And that's literally all I've done for the past, you know, five years.
1: How many passive deals did you do before you got the feeling that you were confident enough to go ahead and do it yourself?
2: I did four and those are the four that I'm still in. And then I started doing lead deals. So we did six of those after that. And then now, what's funny, Dell, is that I'm come, gone completely full circle. I've, I've just invested in two passive deals. I'm going to invest in another two. I see it as where else could you do this? What other group could you do this? Where now I'm going to be invested in you know out in Arizona. My first couple of deals I've invested in Texas. You can invest in all of these great markets, and you have such access to all these great human beings and great investors themselves and pull your money up with them and invest. And for me, I started realizing after we did six or so of these that, man, it is hard work. Although I'm not afraid of hard work, at some point, I don't want to be working this hard. So, you know, my model now is to start veering back towards that passive investing, start looking for, you know, good leads and good teams like, like we have out here in Atlanta and start investing with those people.
1: Yeah, it definitely is one of those things that most people go through. We go through, I call it the natural progression of a real estate investor, is to to want to go in there and get in and learn and usually get your feet wet. But you started out by following, which is an interesting approach. Uh, Not that it's wrong, it's probably very smart to do. One thing, though, that I did notice as I was watching and following your career, because I I get snippets from everybody, and all the passives talk to me and say, hey, just what's going on here, what's going on there. But it seemed to me that you moved very quickly. Would, Would you agree with that, that once you got in there to be a lead, you started buying them pretty quickly, one right after the other?
2: Yeah. So we bought, you know, I joined in 2015, spent a bunch of time learning in 2016, didn't buy our first deal until 2017. And part of that was setting up the team that we have in place now. So we've got about 80 employees. I've got a, a business partner that has been managing property for over 40 years here locally in the Southeast. And so it took me a while to network with the help of my LU mentors. It, you know, It took me a while to kind of set up the team that we have here and so once we got the team set up in 2017 we bought two deals in 2018 we bought two deals 2019 we bought i think one deal and then 2020 i think we bought two deals so we had and we would we'd sold one we've actually sold one and we've got one in in escrow to be cl- it's, that's going to close here very shortly and be sold so that's why i'm only still a lead on six of the yeah, of those deals
1: so that was pretty rapid growth once you started um, buying them, being the lead investor. A normal person might buy one a year, one every other year, typically. You know, take 18 months to get it turned around and then go buy the next one. You moved very quickly. You believe that was because of the staff that you chose? 100%.
2: You know, there's that's the great part about LU is that you uh, at, at Lifestyles, you can mirror and model multiple real estate investors and and real estate gives you that flexibility right to kind of create your own path because i had access to a bigger team and i wasn't the one managing the day-to-day i wasn't the one you know hiring doing the hiring doing the firing dealing with the tenants and the toilets that allowed me to go out and network with the brokers and source the deals and make sure that we were getting profitable deals that investors would like so it was really a team effort, and I think that's really the only reason why we've been able to grow the way we have, like you said, grow rapidly, but also do it safely, do it smart, and to make sure that we're still be able to deliver on our promises, obviously to our investors, to our to our residents, and then also to our, our team. We have, like I said, we've got about 80 employees, and we 100% believe by that that rule that you guys have taught us at LU, which is it has to be a win-win-win, right? It's, everybody's got to win it's, The residents have to win. They have to have a better place to live. The investors have to win that have put money into the deal. And then also your team has to win.
1: Absolutely. It has to be that way or it's not going to succeed. There's no doubt about it. Along with the other motto, which is best product, best price, which uh, obviously you've been able to perform to get the kinds of results that you've gotten so far. When you look back at this right now, is there anything you would have done differently in your approach? Think about that for a second as we go to break, because if you get in the middle of a good story and I have to cut you off, then I'll be upset. So (laughs) go ahead and think about that. What what would you have done differently? Because you've done everything so right that I've seen following your career. There. we'll take a short break and uh, we'll be right back with brian sutton and the del wamsley radio show now from the files of del wamsley i started out with purchasing single family houses and then after i did single family houses i bought a 10 unit and then i bought a 20 unit and literally then i bought a 30 unit and it sounds impossible but then literally i bought a 40 unit it's kind of weird but that's the way it worked then i bought a 64 unit then a 68 unit then an 88 unit and then I bought a 107 unit, and then a 140 unit, and then a 256 unit, then a 270 unit, and then a 320 unit. But the point I'd like to zone in on is that I was never more happy than when I owned my first or second small apartment complex. For the first time, I had a manager and maintenance staff, and money just rolled in the door. It was so different than when I had houses. Don't get it wrong, I love the houses. I did very little work to manage over 100 houses. I mean, it spent probably four or five hours a week to manage 100 houses. But there was something different about walking on site to a place that was all mine, that I dictated the the quality and the look and the feel, and the customers were like a family. In some way, they look to you for their lifestyle and environment. Got to take a short break. We'll be right back with the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Welcome back to the Del Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today is Brian Sutton out of uh, Decatur, Georgia. Brian has uh, about 2,200 units, uh, half of which he owns as a lead investor and half of which he owns as a passive investor. As we went to break, I asked him to think about what he might do differently if he were going to redo his career in the business because he had really large level of success so far. Brian, is there anything you look back at now and you see you might have done differently?
2: Yes, I want to answer this question carefully because again we are constantly trying to improve i think we try to follow the lu map as closely as possible so that we can try to assure some success but i would have to say the biggest thing i would have done differently there's two one i would have started earlier i wish i had discovered the group earlier and looking back at, at all the mistakes that i made when i was doing Duplexes and fourplexes and then doing it had some single family rentals. I wish that I'd known what I know now. It would have saved me so much time and headache. And then I think the second thing I would have done differently is when I joined, I invested, like I said, I invested in those four passive deals and I started kind of investing and in using some of our, our money to invest in our own deals. I would have continued to invest passively and invest passively earlier, there's always this big sense, I think, and especially now, Dell, where there's so much uncertainty in the world, you tend to want to just like hold on to your money for some reason. And, and don't get me wrong, there's always a need to have some sort of emergency cash. But I think a lot of us, and I was the same way, I was just waiting. And it's like sometimes you look back and you're like, man, what, what the heck was I waiting for? You had all the signals, you had all the signs that these were going to be good, solid investments. And I just kick myself sometimes thinking, man, I should have invested in that deal. Man, I should have invested more money in this deal. But again, I always have to go back to money is not everything. We're doing just fine. But if I had to do something over those, would it be, be the two things that I would do? Start earlier and, and invest more passively.
1: I'm trying to articulate what I think I'm hearing. It's that you had laid the balance Further on safety and security than you did on moving forward. Is, it, is that kind of what you're saying?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think a lot of us are like that, and it's it's natural. Looking back on it, though, I, of all people, because I've, I've been in real estate, you know, I've been investing in real estate, and so I knew better. I knew that, hey, you know, you, you always hear this. I mean, at any point in the market, right, you always hear... That's not a good time to invest in real estate. Or, oh, this market's too hot. Or, oh, the market's too low. There's always something. So there's always that chirping. And I think that makes you kind of doubt what you're doing. I wish I could tell myself several years ago, just go with it. Go with it. Go with your, your head. You understand that these deals are sound. They're good. We're investing not on speculation. We're investing for cash flow, we're investing in businesses, solid businesses in solid areas. And not that everything is foolproof, right? I mean, there's no investment that's that's 100% without risk. But if I could go back in time and tell myself that, I think I'd be a lot braver to invest a little bit more and to get started sooner.
1: Okay, let's move it to current times. Let's talk about last year and COVID-19. With all the projects you're in, did you feel much stress from the COVID-19, or did you get through
2: it pretty easily? So when COVID first hit and they first started shutting everything down, I have to admit I was probably like everybody else. I was panicked. I've got elderly parents who have some health problems. So I immersed myself in it. And, you know, after the initial fear the next reaction that I usually have is let's get educated, right? So what was amazing about Lifestyles was we had a lead investor group where we had an email chain going around with all of some of the best lead investors all around the country that were on this email. And everybody was bouncing ideas off of each other and and sharing of information. It was really a beautiful time where the community all stepped up to try to help each other figure out what the heck was going on. And I think that really started to change my fear into, okay, let's, what's our strategy? How are we going to get through this? How are we going to manage through this? And just that group and that support was something that I don't think if I was doing this on my own, well, I know for sure that I, I would not have gotten some of the strategies and some of the, the support that I did being within this group. And so, you know, eventually we, you know, we got hit like everybody else. I and mean, I think, there's, there's no denying, I mean, this thing was a complete global slowdown. It was an absolute mess. But overall, our portfolio has performed extremely well. Our delinquency was very minimal. We obviously had a few people that were, you know, a handful of people that were hit by losing their jobs, and we worked worked with, work with those people. You know, we had a few that that may have skipped out, but the majority, vast majority of our residents were were great through this process, and I think we had to change a lot of the way we did business just because of the, you know, the threat of, of COVID-19. And so for that, there was a lot of work that had to be done. So I would say that it was initially very stressful. I was so glad and happy to have this group. And then we put in a ton of work this year to protect the assets and to, to uh, make sure that our residents were safe, our, our staff was safe, and that the businesses themselves were safe. And so overall, I'm really proud of how everybody reacted, and I'm, and I'm really, really happy and thankful to have had all the help that we got from all the other leads across the country um, that participated in, in those those email chains and those groups to help us through this.
1: Absolutely. Myself being an operator also, I agree with you, because literally, we changed almost everything we did and in many cases almost diametrically backwards from what we did it in other words before somebody didn't pay we'd evict them right away now we were working deals out with people situations where our service was jolly on the spot will be right there in your face to hey the office is closed, the basketball court's closed, the gym's closed, the pool's closed, everything's closed. You have to call us to get us to come to the door. I mean, it was amazing. And I think we had one employee that got COVID from her family and that was it. And Really, was, was a dynamic situation, so I agree with you 100%. For Thanks for all those people that are listening that were in that group of people that were sharing, because everybody was sharing ideas. And somebody would try something and it would work, and they'd share it with everybody. We'd all pick it up. If something didn't work, they'd say, hey, that didn't work, and we'd all learn and not do that. So it really was good. We're coming up on a break here again, so I want to come back and ask you a different question. And it's a question that I've started asking people here recently. It's not one I used to ask all the time. But instead of asking you the kinds of questions like, what was the aha moment for you at the two-day and what got you to take the steps necessary, which you've clearly already had put in your mind before you came here, what I want to find out is this. Having been here now and had great success, very rapid success that you've had, have you ever thought about when and what is enough? I've asked this people, I've asked this, of the top investors. I only ask the very top guys that have already done it and done it well and made a lot of money and have wealth. Is there a point where you've had enough? And if so, what does that had enough look like? You said you're starting to go back into passives, being a passive again. Let's pick that up when we come back from the break. How does this all end up? And then also we'll answer a couple questions like, what's your goals for your family and stuff like that?
0: Dell Wamsley on how to live the lifestyle
1: the more business you own the better the people you can hire the better the people you hire the less you need to be involved the higher the quality of the people and the more profit you make so it's one of these spiraling things but it's not spiraling out of control like when you work and work and work because you're in the business this is because you don't work because you're not in the business because you have so many people working for you because you're so wealthy that's the end result That's the end run. And then, of course, the last part of that is got to give back. Somewhere along the line, if you have any belief that you got there by yourself, you're crazy. We all got there with help from other people, mentoring us the whole way through the whole process. And when you get to that point, you got to look back and say, hey, it's my turn. I talked to a guy the other day on Tell Dell. He said the same thing. He was was like uh, Brian was saying, you know, my goal is to get to the point where I don't work in my business anymore at all. And he says that I'd like to help some other people. I said, so what you're saying is you want to come be a consultant. He goes, wow, I guess I do. So there it was full circle. I always know a person is ready to retire when they're ready to mentor. If you are in a situation where you're still struggling on your business that you don't have the time to mentor, then you're still in your business. Very true. Listen to that again. I'll say it one more time. If you're still working in your business to the degree that you don't have time to mentor other people, then you're not 100% successful or Let me restate that, you're still in a independent state and not ready to move into interdependency, which is the most mature level of all of this be right back with Brian Sutton and the Del Wamsley Radio Show.
0: Welcome back. Now, here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time. Del Wamsley.
1: Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today is Brian Sutton out of uh, Decatur, Georgia. Brian has 2,200 units, uh, half of which is probably a lead investor and the other half a passive. And he's been doing this since uh, 2017. He joined in 2015, but he took all of 2016 to get ready, mentally prepared, educated to do this. Then he took off and went just like firecrackers after that. So uh, as we went to break, I told him I was going to ask him a question. So Brian, we're back now. Uh, The question I asked and I wanted to ask you is, is enough ever enough? Is there an ending point? And if so, what does it look like?
2: This is a, a great question. That's a great question for all of us, I think. First off, some background about me. You will never see me standing in front of a maserati or some kind of sports car i just am not maybe it's the way that i was brought up i i actually don't enjoy spending money actually i enjoy actually making money more than i do spending it so (laughs) for me money i drive a truck i mean i and i probably always will i don't find enjoyment out of spending money and some of you out there listening are like that as well some of you aren't but for me what money really is is freedom of choices right it's it's to choose to quit your kid in private school if you want to. It's to choose to go on that family vacation if you want to. It's to, you know, it gives you more options, right? It's to choose if you don't want to work, you want to stay home and retire, or you you want to continue to work. For me, the question is more about growth and about just feeling like I'm contributing. And I, I want to continue to do that. And and we've built a, a, a nice company, I think, do I need to get any bigger than, than this company? No, probably not. But to maintain it still takes time and effort, and it's it's very rewarding for me. It's, it's rewarding to see people within our company grow. It's rewarding to see some of our investors that are invested in our deals being able to, to retire. And it's rewarding for me to see building these great places for residents to live and having a safe, clean, best price, best place to live. So I'd like to continue to do that in the short term because – I do have a legacy goal that kind of ties into that, which is I would love to teach my boys about real estate. I'd love them to learn how, how we talked about earlier in the conversation that I wish I started earlier. I want to start my boys earlier in this. Now, if they want to go off and, you know, be a pilot, be a librarian, do whatever, you know, play the clarinet, that's fine. But I do want them to have the basis and the knowledge that I have, and I'd love to pass that on love to them, get them involved with the, the Lifestyles family. And so that, that I think, is a part of the legacy component. So the goal is to continue to grow, continue to grow smartly. Uh, we will probably sell a lot of our properties, so maybe just maintain the type of business, you know, the business model we have. Do that so I can phase in the boys and hopefully turn them on to real estate investing. And then, like I said before earlier in the show, too, I, I'm 100% focused on, Investing in other people's deals. I I, I love to invest. You know, I'm, I'm wanting to partner and invest with leads that are just starting out because I think that's very important. To uh, it's very rewarding to help people because I've been helped so much. So I want to give back in that that manner. For me, it's just growth. It's fun. It's as long as I'm having fun and doing this and, and feeling like I'm helping and, and we're serving a purpose. I just I want to continue to do it.
1: Well, it sounds like it's time for me to give you that conversation that I give all the good investors. Somewhere along the line, you're going to get that phone call. A little knock on the door and says, hey, why don't you come on out and be a, be a mentor and help some other people? So keep that in the back of your mind that you've now put yourself in a position by thinking you want to give back and by thinking that you don't want to be the one out there doing all the work, that you can be the person out there helping other people achieve their dreams. So maybe that's something you can look forward to.
2: I would love it. It would be an absolute honor. I hate to have a job again, but if that's a job I had to have, it would be, it'd be a good one.
1: <laughs> well, we don't call it a job around here. We call it being yeah. on the team. <laughs> exactly. exactly. So you, you won't find an org chart anywhere with my name on I guarantee you. <laughs> there's no such thing, man. I think, yeah, there's people here. But I don't know, what do they do? They do what they need to do. Whatever it needs to be, they get it done, right? That's what happens.
2: Absolutely. Get it done and give back. I mean, that's the only two things that are important that count, really.
1: Yeah. So um, you said you got something up for sale right now. You're selling one.
2: We are. Yeah, we've been fortunate that we've been able to reposition some of our assets. We were going to hold them for longer, but the first property, it happened the same way as the second one. We've just we got an offer we couldn't refuse, and we put it to a vote. And the investors wanted to sell, and they're going to make a massive return. You know, probably four times what they could have got in the market. So it just make it just makes sense to, to sell and let someone else take the property over and maybe and some more money into it, and hopefully continue to, to make it a great great place for people to live.
1: Excellent. I will do want to answer the question that I asked you, though, because there is an answer to it, and the answer is you never really quit this stuff. I sold off my entire portfolio about five years ago and started buying Class A's, got out of the C's and B's, just started buying Class A's. Then I decided that I was going to go buy some other stuff, and over the last month, I bought two already, and I've got four more under contract. And was, that's was after I said I was quit the so, bottom is that you probably quit five or six times in your career and uh you just keep a little bit of it out there because it's necessary to be out there to create the tax benefits that come along with owning real estate so you're just going to want to keep to it i appreciate you coming on brian thank you very much and thank you for sending me checks in the mail as i am a passive in one of your deals and uh we appreciate both those things now from the files of dell wamsley I looked for books all over the place that said how to be a billionaire, I found there's no books about how to be a billionaire, there's books on how to be a millionaire, there's seminars on how to be a millionaire, but there's no books or seminars on how to be a billionaire because no one gets that wealthy One one millionth of a percent become billionaires. But millionaires are all over the place, guys. In my neighborhood, every single person in my neighborhood, I'm sure, is a multimillionaire. Within five blocks of the outside of my neighborhood, I bet most people are millionaires. guys. Your problem is not debt. Your problem is you make no money and you need to give up all of these baby steps at some point. Yeah, that's a good place to start when you're 12 years old. Don't be in debt. But why do you ever get into debt? But now that you're in debt, does having a car payment wreck you? No. Does having a house payment wreck you? No. You got to pay rent anyway. Now, buying too large a house? Yes, that's stupid. Buying too large a car? Yes, that's stupid those are kindergarten ideas called living above your means your parents should have slapped that snot out of you when you were a kid that's the kindergarten love that these kids need but you're an adult you need to get some new information the information that it will get you out of kindergarten for the rest of you out there remember this brian said it eloquently today he said we're not doing this for some money That's not what it's all about. It's not just a little more money, a little more money, a little more money like a lot of people think. It's about an incredible lifestyle.